This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. In Exodus 9-1, it is written, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. Let my people go. To the movies! In 1954, Cecil B. DeMille took on the grand challenge of remaking his 1923 film, The Ten Commandments, and created a three-hour classic that was, at the time, the most expensive film ever made, and remains the golden calf standard of biblical epics. On his protagonist, DeMille said, Moses is the keystone... Just kidding. (laughs) Moses is the keystone to every man's ethical code. He was the first man of record in history to conceive of the law as separate from the will of a ruler, to choose whether a man should live by grace of the law or law by grace of man. Mm. Making a movie about the book of Exodus always entails great cost and time. DeMille's version cost a huge, at the time, $13 million, and the most recent Christian Bale version cost $140 million. And while The Prince of Egypt came in at a relatively mid-level $70 million, the Parting Waters animation took animators two full years to complete. Just that alone, worked on by 350 different people. Not unlike a certain group of people building the pyramids. <laughs> and then there's the music. Composer Hans Zimmer and Broadway veteran Stephen Schwartz act as the peanut butter and jelly holding this terrific musical sandwich together. (laughs) Musical theater nerds can geek out on the songs written by Schwartz, including Deliver Us, Through Heaven's Eyes, and the Oscar-winning duet When You Believe, while also playing a drinking game called Spot the Singing Double. Spoiler alert, you'll have alcohol poisoning by the time the credits roll. (laughs) Moses' story is told in the Hebrew Bible, the Christian Old Testament, and the Quran, a shared legend that spans the three largest monotheistic religions on earth. The filmmakers collaborated with over 600 religious experts to make sure the film was accurate to the spiritual meaning of the story and inclusive enough to people of all faiths. And even with the liberties taken, their efforts were successful enough that both Jewish and Christian viewers could feel great connection to the movie. The story of freedom from oppression is timeless. And with this movie, we can safely say, these guys delivered. (laughs) So we watched Prince of Egypt, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. Yeah. Ah. Do, do, do. Let my people go. Whoops. We're insane. I look very crazy. Welcome, welcome to back good. to Good Christian Fun. Welcome back. Yeah. You always say welcome back. It's just a welcome because this could be someone's first episode ever. Why are we fighting? We're not fighting. Kevin, we're in a fight. I don't think so. I love you, Caroline. Um, this brings up something that I wanted to address. Ask me how my heart is. How, how's your heart? Kevin, am I mean to you? Uh, <laughs> by the way, I'm Kevin. 
I'm Caroline. And we're here to have a little good, good Christian fun. Christian fun. How's your heart, Kevin? Am I mean? Kevin, to you? am I mean to you? On or off mic? <laughs> um, either I guess. I feel like I got a lot of uh, people saying today, Caroline shits on Kevin. We love it. We're gonna shit on Kevin too. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. I feel comfortable being the lightning rod of hate on this show. <laughs> I feel like if I wasn't that, I don't know who I'd be. Yeah, so, it is a big part of your identity. I don't. It's a, it's all of my identity. So I don't <laughs> object particularly. Okay. I don't think you're particularly mean though, because we have a trust in a in a decent foundation of a friendship before we even turn on the mics. Great. I just needed you to say that. Yeah. So people know. Oh yeah, no. There's nothing but love in this room. There's, there's a no semblance of love. There's <laughs> there's a subtext of love here. Yeah. No, no animosity. What? All right, so here's ever. a compliment coming at you. Okay, your hair looks great today. Thank you. If I went redhead, would you feel threatened? Yeah, oh. a thousand percent. Dang there it. can only be one on okay. each podcast. Fine. Anyone that has two or more are gathered is not good. It's not good. Yeah. How's your heart? My heart is pretty good. Actually, no, no. It's real. I was not feeling it. This. Uh. This week and today in particular, I was like, work was bad. Mm. I was getting frustrated. I was getting stressed out to the point of feeling sick. Sick? Have you ever done that where it's like you're so stressed? I think I have a fever. I get it like my stomach is turning. I've never gotten to where like my temp is up. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's not good. It's okay because now I'm here to have a little good Christian fun. And what is good Ooh. Christian fun, Caroline? Good Christian fun is a podcast where we talk about uh, Christian pop culture. Uh, we talk about the music and the movies and... The, mostly just that. Mostly those. <laughs> Sometimes we cartoons that Christian stuff. make. Yeah, we'll get to the videos. We'll get to the books. Yeah. Maybe we'll bring back our guest tonight and have him read the whole Bible <gasps> and then have him back on the show. I bet he's got a great God for voice. Every, for every book of the Bible. But yeah, we're not here to make fun of Christianity or bash it or mock it. We're also not here to proselytize to you or make you go to church. Nope. We're just here to talk about this stuff and have a little good Christian fun along the way. That's right. So I feel like we're going to get there tonight. So in between um, the last episode we put out now, Mm -hmm. we haven't received any more treasures for Kevin and Caroline, that is. Um, I also heard pearls before swine. Pearls before Carol. You like being compared to a pig? I don't like that one. It's like a so listeners, if you can do one better than that, of anything biblical that that rhymes with Caroline... Because Kevin rhymes with heaven, so he gets all the good rhymes. Oh, yeah. Through Kevin's eyes is a song we'll talk about tonight. It's <laughs> great. I'm real jealous. But the the topic for tonight is The Prince of Egypt, a 20-year-old movie. It came out two decades ago. It's 20 ago. years old. It came out wow. in 1998. Tell you what. We were recording this in 2018. But we can't do it alone. Guys, yeah. we need a special guest to help us discuss <laughs> he this up. movie. Folks... You know him from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia or Roadies. And you'll see his new TV show, Living Biblically, coming to CBS. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Patrick, Patrick Walsh. Hello. Yeah. Hi. How are you? Good. Doing pretty good. Yeah. Sing your <laughs> praise to the Walsh. Come on, everybody. Patrick Walsh is here on the show. Now the praise Patrick Walsh. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Patrick. That felt that felt nice. That was yeah. Fun for you, buddy. Patrick. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. I saw Prince of Egypt in the theater. 
Yeah, wow. I want to. Yeah, well, how did you? When, when was your first Quite a recollection bit older than of both it? Both of you, I would imagine. I think we saw it in the theater, probably. I think I did too. Okay. I would have been a child. A child, yes, essentially. You would have been six, right? <laughs> what were you like, thirty? I was in my, <laughs> oh my late forties. Fifty. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in nineteen ninety-eight, I would have been seventeen. Okay. Nice. Um, was it a date night? No, <laughs> the worst date movie ever. <laughs> I used to go on the day after Christmas to see five movies for the price of none. What? Wow. So I would pretend I had to use the phone at the West Olive 16 movie theater. I would look annoyed on the phone and talk. Where is this geographically? It's in St. Louis. Okay. Then I would pretend to be on the phone for a while until people forgot that I was even on the phone. Then I would slide into the theater. My friends all paid (laughs) for the first one, but I like the thrill of getting five for none. This is a great grift. It was a good grift. Can you give me a little example of how the phone call would go? Just... For about 20 seconds. Like, I know. I know, but. <laughs> yeah, I understand that, but. <laughs> so it was always contentious. See, I've already yeah, tuned yeah, yeah. you out. I would <laughs> let you go into like yeah, my bathroom right now. Like you see, I'm fighting, but it's not anything you cared enough to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Like if I was like, he got hit by a train, then, you, then you'd listen. <laughs> It'd be too much. It'd be right. too much. Yeah. I kept it then. I know is like the perfect medium level. I, I mean, you saw five movies every time. This was a tradition. Right. But in. 1998, I saw, these might be wrong, I might be mixing up years, but I think it was Prince of Egypt, Patch Adams. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That'd be around the same year. Jack Frost oh. with Michael Keaton, which was nearly unwatchable. Oh, from no. no Dad to Snow Dad. That's right. Yeah. From No Dad to Snow Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know that tagline? Yeah, it's just in there. Then I want to say maybe as good as it gets... And I want to say we capped things off with maybe one of my all-time favorite movies, Jackie Brown. Wow. Is that your favorite Tarantino? It has recently edged out Pulp Fiction. It took a long time. Wow. Some more mature work, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So in our later years, in our twilight years. When you are as old as me. (laughs) We'll relate more to the plight of the bale bandsman. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We'll get into that. Well, Patrick, before we dive into the topic today, what is your background with faith stuff now you're working on a show living biblically that's correct about a man who lives by the book there's probably a good chunk of our listeners that actually read that book yeah which is based on the aj jacobs book yeah i was very surprised in posting it to facebook or whatever how many people i knew had read the book oh really (laughs) but it was a big seller Mm -hmm. the book by the way is a guy that literally lives biblically for a year that's yes it's aj jacobs it's Mm -hmm. called the year of living biblically it's a great book very funny book he just did it basically to write a book. He does these obsessive things. So I knew if I was going to have somebody do it on a show, he would have to have deeper, more relatable reasons than like, I want to write a book mm-hmm. right. because he drives everyone in his life crazy, as you can imagine. Because <laughs> he's, he's not uh, kind of the overall goal of the show is to show that if you live your life in general by the Bible, even the priest tells him, his priest tells him. No one can live their life 100% of the Bible. Don't try to do that. That's mm-hmm. where people get into trouble. Hmm. But he does. He thinks he has to go all in like a cleanse or else he'll slip. In each episode, he learns that that's not always possible. And to just take away the, the positive lesson, I guess, is mm-hmm. what I would say. Yeah. And I'm making it all sound schmaltzy. It's actually a very funny show. Oh, it sounds great. <laughs> and the book's very funny, too, even if you are not 
a reader. In any way, religious or a reader, yes. <laughs> it's, um, I think a lot of people who were not religious loved it, and a lot of people who were very religious loved it, which sure. is hard to do. That's and cool. the goal of this show, but. That's the goal of this show. <laughs> That's right. We share goals. We're just yeah. like. We're the same as your CBS multi-cam sitcom. Hey. <laughs> Cameron Mannheim and Dave Krumholtz. I will say, I saw the pilot. Mr. Walsh yes. was kind enough to invite me to the pilot taping. That's right. I had a great time. I would have uh, liked to be there. I, I got a plus one. But you can come to a taping anytime you want if we get a second season. <laughs> but um, yeah, you saw a longer version because then each week when it ends, the lady with a stopwatch says you're like two minutes over. And that's good because you're like, oh, okay, I, there's probably a few jokes that I can get out of there mm-hmm. that didn't uh-huh. work as well as the others or stuff like that. But on the pilot, it was like 13 minutes over. Oh, boy. So, so you saw a much shorter version, but we had to like really cut some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just tricky. Bad. So what is your own personal background with faith and stuff? Raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Pretty strict Catholic. What does strict Catholic mean for you? Just kind of told that was the right way, basically. Wait till your marriage. Wait till you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, I was confirmed. Actually, I was asking my dad, we were going to do a confirmation episode, and we didn't. But we were talking about it with my parents, and they said I was going to a class to get confirmed. And the guy teaching the class would like play with an acoustic guitar, of course, and stuff, nice. and start sobbing. But it was like hysterically crying. Mm-hmm. What? And my dad was like, I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> this is getting real weird. And they pulled me out of the confirmation <laughs> class. But I eventually got confirmed. That is weird. If I recall correctly, my dad's AA sponsor was my confirmation sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> kind of circle a, of life. A, a dual role. It was sweet. He passed that down to you. Um, and I did communion and all the... Um, sacraments? Sacraments. Sacraments. I did all the sacraments, except, of course, getting married, although I am engaged. Mass. Congratulations. Thank you. Mass every Sunday. I also could not go to confession because, touchy area here, my dad did not want me to be alone with a priest ever. Which I always oh. found weird that he was so adamant about me wow. being That's raised a Catholic. Foresight on your but dad's then part. W- <laughs> but wow. then would not allow me to be around. But priests. we have one Walsh amendment to the, the yeah. Catholic upbringing. Oh my god! And I couldn't drink the wine at, at, at uh, communion because Whoa. I think he thought that I would make me an alcoholic. Even though I, I would hope it was just grape juice, but I yeah. don't know. Well, now you'll never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang it. That's right. Thanks, Dad. Have yeah. you ever, have you guys ever been to a church where the communion was wine and you were expecting grape juice? Because tell you what, that's a real trip. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. I even now because I got in the habit of not taking it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I still don't. I also haven't been to church in a while. But I, did, I never liked just the single wipe on the cup when like eighty people are drinking off. Oh it. yeah, that's right. The single Christians wipe. we this do is... like little tiny plastic cups for everybody. Oh, like everyone gets their own little gulps. So you never. We would spit. do a, a big chalice, and after each gulp, and they would just wipe it. With the priest would wipe napkin? it with the same towel over Ooh. and over and over again. I don't think oh. that does the trick. I wouldn't think so. Either. Okay, so you went to a lot of mass. This is all growing up. Yeah, and then when I was about eighteen or so, my dad said, "You know, you don't have to go to church anymore." And I kind of stopped going. Wow. I would go on like midnight mass, Christmas Eve, stuff like that. And then the, he eventually kind of stopped going. He eventually turned completely against the Catholic Church when the scandal started breaking out like oh, wow. i think a lot of people's parents did a lot of people's parents are diehard catholics all the way they don't care but he walked away he now teaches theology at community college and we don't talk about it a great deal that's interesting um i think he just wanted me to get morals from it and then that was it so from religion did so, your mom feel the same way did she still go or was she also kind of like no she stopped she was i think 
not religious really when she married my dad and kind mm-hmm. of absorbed into that. I see. But I went. I had to go to PSR, which is public school religion. Because my dad hated Catholic school, so I didn't want to go that far. But I would have to go to a class for like three hours every Wednesday. And it was not a Catholic-led thing. It was just a religious class? It was. Class? It oh, was okay. put on by the Catholic Church, but it was for kids who did not go to Catholic Church to get like three hours of religion every oh, week. Oh, okay. Which was fine. And it confirmation like... came out of that program, okay, I think. Okay, got it. Yeah. It sounds like Young Life. I don't know if you ever heard of that program. But it's like a... No. They go to high schools and it's a Christian group. And it's kind of like they just incorporate sort of a youth group experience just okay. at a public school. Right. And then if you want to opt in for the Jesus aspect of it, it's open to that. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah. I recall doing True Love Waits, which was a school group. Oh, yeah. Purity. Hell yeah. Purity group. No, Strangely, just in the school. <laughs> but my girlfriend and I were in that. And then um, ran celibate for quite some time after that uh, yeah. course. Because did it just because? You off? Be- no, because you kept your promise, right? Just because I uh, <laughs> nobody wanted to have sex with you me is the actual answer. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was keeping my promise that true love waits. That's right. Your man of your word. Wait, yeah. the promise is I promise that true love waits. I it's, promise that true love waits. It's not. I'll I tell I you if I know one thing: true love does wait. I promise you. <laughs> well, there's a great Radiohead. B side called, called True, True Love, Love Waits. Yeah, that's made me think they must know what yeah, that I did not know. Is I did not know that until last until, week. Until oh when yeah, Jen yeah. Brought it, up. Mm-hmm. it was so weird because everyone was like, you know, like sixteen, seventeen, and amped up, and then we would like go and talk about how we didn't want to do it. Yeah, but then it was I, so strange. In my experience, there is a there is a sexual charge even to that because oh, it's no, almost there like was, there it's was. so wrong. It's so wrong that <laughs> right. it feels right. Or going yeah. in detail of like, you know, I uh, I hugged a girl the other day yeah. and I yeah. hugged her for maybe like oh. a minute and uh, <laughs> right. I feel terrible about it. It was so bad, but like her bra was showing. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> Those yeah. are the kind of testimonies you heard. <laughs> Well, also, I mean, at least in terms of me and my girlfriend, we were not going all the way. We were doing other things, and we would just go and lie Mm -hmm. in the religious group every week. Wait, they made you report every week? You not report, but everyone kind of was discussing like their struggle and and things like that. Right? Their comp. My struggles. Yeah. But I always found church very, very boring. And I mostly remember thinking like like I would do like action movies in in the stained glass, like people crashing through the stained oh, glass, awesome. like mm-hmm. Die Hard or mm-hmm. whatever, <laughs> and swinging from things in the ceilings. It was a very ornate, old style Catholic mm-hmm. church, and I never was paying any attention. I liked when you get to shake hands with the adults for the peace be with you. Yeah, networking. You like that? You part. felt feel like an adult kind of. Oh, now yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the germaphobe in me would not like that. <laughs> sure. But I haven't been in a while. Did you ever feel like uh, God was very real to you and that you stepped away at some point? Or was yes. it always just like a concept? Yes. I compl- I was completely on board till I was probably 15 or so. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of like, mm, I don't know that I want this to like govern my life, I, I would see. say. Yeah. And I hated feeling bad and guilty about everything, which I did and still do, really, all the, even though I'm not religious. Church now. or no. Yeah. It's a very Catholic thing that gets in there and you can't get it out of your system. Mm-hmm. I think it does ruin, I don't know how graphic you guys get in the show. No, I'm not we get, we get extremely yeah, no, graphic go for it. every episode. But uh-huh. It sort of ruins, you know, like sex, really, from like, because all you hear about it is that it's just the worst. Right. Until you, I often tell the story about how my dad. <laughs> told me that when you climax, it is like when your arm falls asleep and you start to get the feeling back. No, it's not. Which is the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> oh 
like God. pins and needles. Yeah, that's like a very painful, right. unfun oh. feeling. So he was like, that's what it's like. Um, so you're like shaking your dick oh, no. trying to get the feeling back into yeah. it for Come a while. On, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, no. But then when you're married, then it feels good and then everything is good. Right. Um, and never to have sex before you're married. And I remember asking my mom, did you, when I was a little kid, I was like, did, so you didn't have sex before you're married? And my mom like dropped a bowl and it shattered on the floor. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> um, it was just a, that, that attitude was always in the house and it made it seem like sex was some terrible thing. And it really messes people up, I think, because you associate yeah. it with terror is <laughs> your mom dropping shit in the kitchen <laughs> yeah because it's Vietnam like flashback. unspoken but also terrifying but also like yes. supposed to be glorious but you'll never know because you made this promise that right and then it, the, sure. it, it it pushes people into getting married when they're 20 because they can't wait anymore to have sex sure. and then you wind mm-hmm. up with somebody you're not compatible with yeah i think that happens at a lot of christian colleges i've heard that too yeah and not to paint with a broad brush stroke, but like there's Name a problem. <laughs> there's a problem with a lot of like Christians getting married, you know, uh, after their sophomore year or something. Right. And then a really, really high divorce rate from those couples just because right. they rush into it, of course, or like they don't know each other as well. And then but the you're church, so horny sure. and you have to get rid of that horniness in some ways. That's so right. just kind of do that. Get rid of that horniness. That's what I said in my vows. <laughs> oh, that, I, I was there. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so now, and especially with you know, working on this show that you're doing that has so much to do with biblical stuff and themes of faith. Yeah. What do you feel like is one of the most surprising things that you found in researching or something that stood out to you when putting together this show? I think what surprised me was how much I remembered for something that I really felt like this is something I can now kind of flush out of my memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that you had checked out of yeah. as you were in it. Um, so I can't say anything was a big shock because I did, I did go pretty deep. I remembered when I went to this religion class, like I remembered a lot of the Bible stuff. Mm -hmm. There's some crazy things. I mean, a big part of the book that is really just in the pilot and then the rest of the shows wound up being just kind of like little kind of moral tales each week Mm -hmm. that had nothing to do with the book. But if you look at the Bible and it was like false idols, we tried to do like the, the big ones first. So what is the modern day false idol? That's what we discussed as a writer's room. So everybody, a false idol, of course, is something you put above God or something that is overtaking your life. That would be the the, the iPhone would be mm-hmm. the modern day iPhone. So they're like, well, Moses would say that you have to destroy a false idol. He's very much against it. And then he winds up shattering his iPhone and then his life falls apart <laughs> over the course of like 24 hours. He gets very lost and everything falls apart. That's cute. So some of those like are pretty surface level discussions of the bible but then we do episodes that are like does prayer work mm. and does it matter Whoa, if prayer works intense yeah that's cool though yeah. um and there's they're still funny but they're like we try to get into more bigger issues in terms of stuff like in the book he learns that you can't mix fabrics in oh, yeah. in the book uh oh. whatever it's year of living biblical so we do a quick gag with that on the show where he, he shows up in like an all white suit, which you remember from seeing the pilot. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. Like you're taking this too extreme. But you don't know with these rules. I guess what, what I've learned is that people are still so angry about this stuff, which is, was not a shock to me either. Mm-hmm. But like anytime the, an article will mention that the show is coming out, there's 500 comments they're like, well, they're going to make fun of us again. Huh. Would they do uh, the year of living Quranically? Oh, Would they ever do this? And on and on and on. And everybody is so 
angry and just waiting to be mad about the show. Yeah. And it's just a nice little show. It's a funny show. It's a nice little show. I can attest to that. It sounds Um, like it's probably more generous to Christianity than you would even imagine, too. It is. I mean, the the prayer one, I would say, is the closest we get to being like very kind of a pro-faith message. But the others do not really have that. They don't go the other way. But his wife is an atheist. Mm -hmm. So you get those discussions as well. And like not changing on that. It's not like by the end she's like, I do think (laughs) God is the path. Like I said, she'll never convert. And then you can get into more serious issues, but you have to figure out a way to kind of make it funny. Like I was telling you guys, I had to go to the Television Critics Association right here in beautiful downtown Pasadena. Ooh, Pasadena, Uh California. Oh, yeah, that's right. And the first question was like, so if your lead character is following the Bible 100%, I guess he hates gay people? (laughs) Well, why come to the show like that? Like that? (laughs) Why not just hope for the best? I'd be like, maybe they'll uh, heal that this time. I don't, I can't imagine anyone being upset by it. And I think I'm going to have to talk to or get to talk to. Some of these like mega churches, they're like, you know, we can put trailers for your show in like mega churches. Oh, I can't imagine that that's <laughs> what they want. I would love to see Patrick Walsh tour the mega churches <laughs> of the United States. That I won't do. Joel Patrick Osteen. Walsh. Now, I got a little buddy coming up here. He's going to tell you about his new show. Change. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking yeah. forward. <laughs> but they, they, you know, they were like, we want to push it and let, like they did with the Roma Downey Bible show and stuff. And I kept saying, well, it's oh, not. Oh, Touch by an Angel or the other one? The other one. Okay. The, the Bible. Oh, the Bible. Yeah. Right. So I keep, of course, you want the show to do well, but I keep saying, like, t- I want to be as clear as I can here. Like, this show is not the Bible or it's not Prince of Egypt. You know, it's not like a, <laughs> a somber retelling of Bible tales. <laughs> sure. So at least I want them to see four or five and understand the tone before they ask me to you know, put my name over. They start airing this before the church. It doesn't make fun of Christians, but I don't want somebody to think that it does. Um, That's basically our entire problem with this show as well. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's neither nor, so no one's happy, really. (laughs) Boy, that's a very bad way to look at it. Christian fun. Nobody's happy. No, people have managed to be happy with it. It works out. I'd say Christians are very uh, defensive of the way they're depicted because... Because it's easy to make a caricature out of it a lot of the yeah. time, which I think is why Christians make so many movies like about themselves. Yes. Like, see, we're thoughtful and we're nice and our movies are shit, but like we right. have the right idea. Well, and, right. and having worked as a comedy writer for a long time, I wonder if you would agree with the notion that like, I feel like a first draft joke for most people's religion is like, here's why it's dumb. Right or just kind of yeah. like yes. have a slant on like that's correct the mocker like they take like a, a Ned Flanders thing like they ain't take it too seriously right yeah. right where and it's, it's funnier to do b- yeah Bill Maher his only joke that he's been doing now for thirty years is if you are religious you're stupid mm-hmm. just some variation on that over sure. right yeah so I understand that. and that's the only that's what I was trying to say again at this. Uh, thing on saturday i was like it sounds like a trial <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> it is a trial of, sorts. of a few good men the council of Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> well then afterwards everybody kept saying how well it went because usually they're really mean and rude and like be like but the show's stupid like nobody said that yeah. oh man um but yeah some of some of the uh questions on it were like are you doing this because you feel that religious people are underserved on television that was part of the pitch is that it's either bill maher and religion is stupid or south park or whatever Mm -hmm. which i've laughed at too not bill maher but you know we do too um (laughs) because there is a lot of fun to be had with it sure but then the other the flip side of it are these really how like you know every 
week at the box office, like the number two movie is some religious movie you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Left Behind, which I'm sure you guys are covering. Mm-hmm. Or Never heard of it. <laughs> you know, all those, all those things, Seventh Heaven, I'm sure, was this way as well, where it's sanitized to the point that no one who isn't extremely religious would watch it. Can find an entry point yes. to it. Right. Yes. So if 84% of the world is religious, and they are, as I learned from researching hey, this pitch of this show. Fact. That's surprising. <laughs> why is there nothing for just like a normal person who happens to have religion in their life? Mm-hmm. Right. But then you also have to make it entertaining to those who are not. Which is not, I wouldn't say easy to do, but it's just like you don't go to those jokes where everyone on the show takes religion very seriously because... I do as well. And I think most people do. Yeah. But there are a lot of people who just say it's stupid. And then that's the end of their discussion on it. It's not that right. interesting. And that's not very funny, really, no. either. Yeah. But at its core, I mean, the show is like a show about trying to be a good person. Yeah. Well, you can catch uh, the new podcast on HeadGum, Living Biblically Boys, starring <laughs> <laughs> Pat Walsh and hey, myself. Please, more hey, people watch. What about me? <laughs> oh, you'll be a guest. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Thank Just you. got shut out of your own <laughs> really? show. So When's the bad. show come on? When's it premiere again? <laughs> February 26th. February 26th, so everyone can watch it. It's a Monday night. It's like 9 30, Central or something like a that. Perfect, oh. A perfect show to watch with mom and dad. Or, or you know what? Are you his hype man now? <laughs> yeah, I would say it is. I would say it is. And it's like I would say the goal of it is to take Bible stuff and apply it to life. So like his dad's coming to town. He has a bad relationship with his dad. So the episode is like, how do you honor your father? As the Bible says, if he has to follow mm-hmm. the Bible, if your father is a jerk, yeah. you know, like a fairly simple tale, mm-hmm. but a a biblical tale. But it's not like forcing religion upon you you know what i mean mm-hmm. right but that's there for, are discussions of religion yeah. yes <laughs> some of them are more religious not obviously the prayer one is very yeah. religious but. Uh-huh. and you get into like the minute theology of like transubstantiation is that real <laughs> that's a season Maybe. three premiere <laughs> are we predestined or not yeah season four finale is calvinism versus arminianism <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well check that out but i think that's it's time to dive into the topic for today Prince of Egypt <laughs> came out 20 years ago. Caroline, when did you first watch this movie? I'm pretty sure I saw it when it came out because I remember it pretty well. And I rem- it's always linked to uh, the El Dorado movie, too, because El I think they were done by like the same animators. Yeah, I think it's DreamWorks. They're yeah, both they DreamWorks. came out around the same time. Road yeah. to El Dorado? The- yeah. yeah. And yeah. they kind of look the same. And so anyway, um, so they kind of, I got them mixed up for a little bit, I think. <laughs> the road to Egypt. <laughs> yeah. The Prince of El Dorado. Moses mm-hmm. becomes a god? Sure. Um, anyway, so so I'd, I'd seen it then, and then I'm pretty sure I rewatched it at some point in my life just out of pure love for it, and then came back again. Again this week to see it again. I have no recollection of watching it for the first time. I don't know if I saw it in the theaters. I don't know if I saw it when it was on home video okay. or but home you know DVD. You saw it. I know I saw it because once it started, I was singing along. I was like, "Why do I know this?" Yeah, well, right? if, if you're a religious young man, I would imagine your parents really wanted you to see Prince of Egypt. But you know what? I had an experience with my parents where I think with this. I remember them nitpicking parts of it because the they're like, movie? well, it's not really Christian. Interesting. Yeah. Because that is a good discussion for us to have. I think so. Is and, this a Christian movie? Yeah. And this actually leads me to <laughs> an email. Oh. An email I got from a listener named oh, yeah. Becca. And she wrote in, 
Thanks for the podcast. Love listening to it. I'm Jewish, but I've grown up in evangelical Christian communities with Christian best friends. So I've heard a lot of things you talk about. And she said, I know you're planning out 2018 and you've mentioned Prince of Egypt. So this is before we announced on the previous week's episode that we were doing it. So she, I got this email yesterday. We got this email yesterday. You mentioned Prince of Egypt. I want to submit a request on behalf of Jews everywhere. Have a Jewish guest for Prince of Egypt. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Are you maybe even just a little bit Jewish? Not at all. Okay. But I've because I have a rabbi character who tells gives the Jewish point of view on the show. Yeah. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Okay. Well, but so, I'm not Jewish. So well, we can all maybe just pull from some of our experiences and uh <laughs> and say, I think Jews like. If we pool our resources, we're maybe half. I watched there. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's no. kind of it. Okay. That's no excuse. I'm sorry. We didn't get a Jewish guest for this show. Well, here, here's what Becca goes on to say I honestly have no idea if this was as important to other Jews as it was to me, but when Prince of Egypt came out, it was so incredibly validating. Every piece of pop culture mm. or media that had to do with any religion was Christian. For the first time ever, all my classmates and friends would be seeing a Jewish movie, a Jewish story. They would understand why I'd eat matzah for eight days in April while they were gorging <laughs> on Easter candy. They would hear Hebrew songs. I will be totally honest with you. It never occurred to me, even this many years later, that anyone saw it as a Christian movie until you mentioned it on the podcast. That's so fascinating. Of course, I should have realized it was a Christian movie. I feel kind of stupid now. No, don't feel stupid, Becca. Yeah, I don't but think But the you're wrong. story of Moses in the Exodus is the single most important story in the Jewish heritage. Outside of Shabbat and the high holidays, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Uh, Kippur? Kippur? Kippur. Kippur? Okay. Passover is the most important Jewish holiday. The story of Exodus is the beginning of the entire tradition of they tried to kill us, we survived, let's eat. Line of Jewish holidays, followed by Hanukkah and Tish Bava and Yaha Shoshoya Show. Sorry, I'm not trying to be That's offensive. Right, forgive us. <laughs> it's uh, that one's Holocaust Remembrance Day. So Becca brings up a good point. Is this a Jewish movie? Yeah, because that's funny to me. I thought this was a Christian movie. But watching it again, I thought there's really nothing here that would be Christian unless you count like a slain lamb no. as an allusion to Jesus. But there's Jesus is never talked about. No, no, no. There's never talking about like the, redeem, the Redeemer coming soon and the Messiah. Like none of that is in it. It's just purely about the Exodus. It's almost like when you see Christian music categorized as gospel at Best Buy in the CD <laughs> section where it's like, this isn't gospel music. Right. I don't think DC Talk yeah. is gospel music. So No. <laughs> so, well, all Christian music is spreading the gospel, so. Okay, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. But it's like Christian became a catch-all for Bible movie. Right. It's right. a Bible movie. But I think if you're going technically, yeah, it's a Jewish movie way more yeah. than it's a, there's not one mention of right? I haven't Jesus thought Christ. about it either. I mean, like, is the the Ten Commandments, I guess, is more, is more Christian. Why, though? It's Jewish. Maybe it isn't. Well, Christians, I mean, it. it's in our Bible, too. So, yeah. like, we, Christians feel like we own this story as well. Yeah. So, the Ten Commandments, you know, that's why you have Roy Moore putting that in front of the courthouse. But, like... Uh, can we talk about Roy Moore for a second? <laughs> He's something of a, a Christian hero of mine. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> He's who you modeled the protagonist of the show on, right? That's correct. He consulted heavily. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has an EP. He got EP credit. Yeah. But I mean, the Ten Commandments are Jewish. Yeah. That's, that's Moses true. being Jewish, but Jesus is Jewish. So, in that whole so three hour. So different after all. Biblical epic. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say both are Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. It's a biblical tale, if anything. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> one, 
thing I remembered after I said, hey, Pat, come on. We'll do Prince of Egypt. It'll be fun. Yeah. Patrick Walsh is the man that I first saw Inside Out with, and he's the only person I've known to fall asleep during Inside Out <laughs> after having, I think, two cocktails at the Cheesecake Factory next oh, door. What a way to go. I, well, that, that's not what was putting me to sleep. I'm not, I'm not a big animated movie guy. Oh, no. I am just never have been. Even when I was a kid. Never will be. Even with this movie? Oh, I didn't really care for The Prince of Egypt. Oh, no. no. I mean, <gasps> it didn't hold my interest. You guys both love The Prince of opinion. Egypt? I'm, I'm going to blow your dick off. <laughs> Please don't. I, you didn't I, like it either? I loved it. Oh, you lo- I loved it. Yeah. I oh, loved it as well. Okay. Yeah, I really loved it. What were your but that's qualms okay. with space. The Prince of Egypt? I love Steve Martin and Martin Short. <laughs> the stars of this movie is yeah. the sorcerers. <laughs> I mean, they're essentially doing brown face. Well, okay, that's something you, we you should talk about. You wouldn't do any of that in today's world. All of them are doing brown face. They're all all the actors are white, which I found interesting. Sure, and I I don't except think for Danny in, Glover. In terms of how much society has changed, yeah, yeah, in, in just twenty years, I found that very. And Val Kilmer is not Jewish. No, and there. But he I mean, there's also fact. a long tradition of white non-Jewish men playing Moses. Sure. I mean, yes. Charles sure. Heston, Christian Bale. Like, <laughs> That's right. Val Kilmer. It's really weird. Yeah. But that was something I thought about, too, was this like star-studded cast that didn't have any Middle Eastern people in it or anything like that. Yeah, I found that weird. And then when they made, was it Ben-Hur they remade a few years back? Oh, yeah. They got into some trouble for kind of doing the same thing. Right. I got it. It was a different, a simpler time, 1998. (laughs) But I just thought everyone in the world knows the story. Why are you telling it in such a straightforward and fairly dull way? You thought it was dull. With kind of cool old style animation, but that also looked pretty dated at this point. I do want to talk about the animation because I disagree and I thought the animation was really beautiful. Yes. Because one, the faces that they use for the characters are faces you just don't see in animation a lot. Like they're Mm -hmm. really elongated and weird. And I was reading a lot about that. And the animator even made like the Egyptians more symmetrical. And then the Hebrews were like more earthy and like interesting looking Mm. (laughs) to to just kind of differentiate like, you know, the very like straightforward Egyptians versus like the Hebrew people. And they thought a lot about it and they did all this like 2D hand painted backgrounds, which looked amazing. And then a lot of like 3D mixed in, which does look a little dated now. The 3D stuff looks weird. Yeah. But for 98, that was like, that did blow my dick off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You know, (laughs) that did blow my dick off. I loved the flashback when he looked at the hieroglyphics and they like told his story. That was rad. That yeah. was cool. Yeah. I remember that terrifying me as, oh, really? as a kid. This yeah. movie is gruesome in parts. It's very it's graphic. Yeah. Yeah. They don't shy away from the fact that, uh, yeah, Ramsey's dad, who's in the movie, like killed several Patrick Hebrew Stewart. children. Yeah. 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 Wow. No, I agree. I like, I, there was something kind of dreamy about the animation to me. Yeah. Where it's like, as much as I love, you know, your Pixar greats now, and mm-hmm. I bet it is so cost prohibitive to do hand-drawn animation that we never see it again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to happen. Because now, the closest thing you would see is like, the stuff that kind of looks like Flash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the old Flash, where you're kind of like the South Parks. Yeah. They don't release any just standard animated movies anymore? I guess not. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. And even like little kids shows that they watch on TV 
for the most part are like 3D animated. Yeah. Like reboot. It's like faster. Yeah. So I enjoyed, this is like the last of the Mohicans of like real yeah. big scale animated movies. It felt like watching uh, Sleeping Beauty, which I think was made in the 40s or 50s by Disney. And and they made a really big deal about the animation at that point, too. Like, uh-huh. the screen was extra wide, and they hand-painted all the scenes and everything like that. And it, they talked a lot about how many animators it took. And it kind of reminded me about that, of, like, the level of... I could just tell there was, like, a lot of thoughtfulness that they did. And, and the way, yeah, Egypt looks symmetrical and massive, and everything is so epic, and the scale is huge. Mm-hmm. Nothing is very small or intimate, for the most part. Yeah, the whitewashing of the cast is... <laughs> pretty wild (laughs) it's pretty wild that we're just like and i i assume you know just doing research for this i was like oh you know some group would protest that no not a one it's it's a very different time yeah 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 i mean steve martin is playing like a guy who you it it looks nearly black (laughs) which is crazy because there's no one whiter than steve martin he's the short one (laughs) he's He's the the short short one that's right yeah he also looked like the um the mother in Mulan, not the mother, but the one that's training all the geisha girls uh-huh. or the young girls like preparing for the wedding. Do you remember this? I never saw Mulan. I don't have much memory. Oh I don't gosh. like to see women protagonists. In my movies. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also Asian. Person. And I haven't seen Star Wars for Let this reason. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm so oh, sorry. Movies are going to be ruined for you. But if you don't like animated movies, Patrick. Not, not overall true, but I'm never in love with them. Do you like musicals? Of course I love There Can Be Miracles When You Believe. Okay. Yes. Oh, speaking of Jewish, this person singing, her name is Ofra. Oh no, what is it? Ofra Winfrey. Ofra Haza. And she was the Madonna of the East. And she's like one of the most famous Israeli singers. And I'm so sad that I'm talking over her right now because her voice is so beautiful. Yeah, you can listen to her on Spotify. It's fine. It'll be on the playlist. No, shh. So this is when um, they're showing all the uh, Hebrew slaves in Egypt, like building the pyramids, and they're like reaching out, and all the old men are getting whipped, and it's really moving. Like I cry. You you cry? I cry when I see wow. it, and I cry every time I hear this song. Ooh. Now, Does is that due to your Bible ties? <laughs> I think it's kind of all. No, Bible actually, ties. frankly, I think of like just general oppression when I hear that song sure. too, and it's really uh, that makes me sad. There can't be miracles. I don't remember the other songs. Yeah, you don't. And who was it? It was Whitney Houston and Whitney and Mariah. Mariah, yeah. So they they did a rendition of it, but the people that sing it in the movie are different people. But auto tune Michelle Pfeiffer and whoever Sandra Bullock. No, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh yeah, she did sing. And whoever's uh, Sandra Sandra Bullock's voice double. (laughs) She was great. Which I think Bullock does sing a little bit when she's on the ground by the well. No, actually, a trivia fact about that. that that is one of the producers. So they did like a test recording or she just recorded that to like fill in until they got the singer to come and dub it over. But they liked it because like how raw it sounded and kept it. Hush now, my baby, be still love, don't cry. Sleep as you're rocked by the stream. Sleep and remember my last lullaby so i'll be with you when you dream 
I don't like the Mariah and Whitney version. I don't either. Oh, I, I liked it. It was a huge smash hit. <laughs> it won the Oscar yeah. for best song that year. Yeah, they sang it at the Oscars. The Have you seen the music video? Not the Oscars performance, but the music video. No, they made a music video yeah. with this? And it's so These funny. Two? This is back when you would make music videos for big right. songs tying into a movie. And like oh, an right. animated movie like this. Because it was all part of like, I'm sure an overall Oscar campaign. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the music videos then like on stage... And then there's like three huge screens behind them showing Prince of Egypt scenes. Oh, right. But they're kind of like disconnected from each other. Okay. And they hold hands. And then there's a huge runway and people are like screaming for them. What? Like on a catwalk. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. That's really bizarre. Yeah. Making, it's like not making the... them false idols, if you will. Yeah. Right. It was the Tying same. It's like not the point of the song. Biblical themes huh. of the show. Well... I wonder if they had it in their contract. Like, do you remember the Brandy and Monica song, The Boy Is Mine? Yes. Is that a duet? Is mine. Seem to had enough. You know. I, I think I would if I heard it. It's not hard to see. The boy is mine. But in their contract, they had it so that down to the second, they each had to sing the exact same amount of seconds in the song. Way. And I would not put it past Whitney and Mariah to make a similar arrangement. Absolutely. And that's why you have it in your podcast contracts that you have to speak a similar. In the music video, you can actually see them kind of shoulder each other out of the frame (laughs) one by one. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, boy. But I love this song. So, Stephen Schwartz is a composer. You may know him from such hits as Pippin, Wicked. Oh. Or another biblical. I wonder if anyone's ever heard this musical besides me. Children of Eden. Nope. It no. never made it to Broadway, but there was a devil. They did like a London cast recording, but it got really shitty reviews, and so they never put it out to Broadway. But somewhere in Texas, a young Kevin was singing along to <laughs> All That I Have. Oh, yeah. Aww. Children of Eden, Stephen Schwartz. Yeah, so. I think the music is one of the best parts of this movie. It's a classy picture. Yeah. Um, one thing I liked about this movie is the female characters are really strong and they're really cool. That's right. And I feel like they're very prominent and I just didn't expect that, you know, 98, a different time. Sure. I didn't expect them to move friends the story was on. on. The air. Yeah. <laughs> Smash mouth friends. was climbing the charts. We had no moral compass whatsoever <laughs> for anything. Um, but they, they're like Miriam, who is Moses's sister. Um, who, by the way, is a prophetess and a lot of um, feminist Jews and feminist Christians like embrace Miriam as like our gal. Oh, wow. She's the Wonder Woman of that time, a Jewish uh, superhero. Yeah, if you will. And uh, she, <laughs> she, um, she's the one that kind of like pushes Moses to go, you know, deliver them and like step into his calling and stop being a little bitch. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Aaron, who is voiced that. by... Uh, the Mr. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. That was the most distracting voice, I think, in really? the whole thing. Really? Oh, I thought that was good casting because I was actually reading the book of Exodus last night to like remind myself and of his what voice? it is. <laughs> well, they they don't do this in the movie, but Moses was actually not a good speaker. And one of his like objections to God when he sends them out is that like I stammer and I stutter. And when I'm not a good speaker, you're like, how am I going to go to Pharaoh? Yeah, Moses was like Paul Giamatti and the lady in the water. Just... And so God said, well, your brother Aaron is a smooth talker, so he'll do all the talking for you. So I thought actually Jeff Goldblum was like perfect for that because he's kind of like quick talking. Oh, my good prince. 
she's she's exhausted from the day's work. <laughs> uh, not that it was too much. We we quite enjoyed it, but but uh, she's confused and knows not to whom she speaks. I know to whom I speak. It sounds like he's seducing Moses. <laughs> it yeah. sounds everything he says could be like, oh okay, because he's that sexy. Hey, yeah, why not? I enjoy. Was there was there any performance in particular that stood out to you? I did find it weird that Ray Fiennes kind of had a uh, British accent. A British accent. Yeah. No one else did. I feel did. like yeah, the American cartoons like whatever the royal person is, they just get a British accent, like whether they're in Mulan or not. Because first I thought it was like a, a Hebrew versus the Pharaoh sort of thing, and like oh well, the Pharaoh has an accent, and then because right. Patrick Stewart was the other one, but no, it's just him. It's just kind of his angle. <laughs> just how, was, how was Ben Kingsley not a voice in the Prince of Egypt? I know, right? Seems like he should have. He would have been great. Yeah. Well, if you want to, you can sign my petition for recast the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> We're doing with it again, ben Kingsley. <laughs> I mean, it'd be easier than uh, that. All the money in the world swap out. Mm. And and you don't, don't have to reshoot anything. anything. Mm-hmm. That's true. I Good. saw that movie. I mean, all the, all this hubbub over such a boring, boring movie. All oh, the no. hubbub in the world. Yes, they should have called it all the hubbub <laughs> in the world. It's so boring. I mean, really. Are yeah. they doing another one with him on FX in a couple of months anyway? I think so. Yep. Donald Sutherland. Yeah, we get to relive it all over again. Yeah. Um, speaking of voices... I'm playing Estelle Getty. <laughs> <laughs> in an upcoming Ooh. Golden Girls reboot. Glam. Yeah. And you call your house the Getty Museum, right? I do, yes. <laughs> oh, I wish. Speaking of voices... Oh, what did you guys think of the voice of God? The voice of God bugged me. Oh, really? It Not did. how you heard it, Kevin? Mm-mm. To me, it sounds like this. I am Lord, your God. No one worshipped anyone but me. <gasps> please forgive us. It could Lord, be. please forgive us. <laughs> no, so what they did with this is they cast hey. Val Kilmer right. as Moses, but then he's also the voice of God. Yes. And they spoke to this decision a little bit, right? Yeah, I was reading about that too. Well, originally they weren't going to have anyone be God. They were going to have everyone be God. Mm-hmm. So they had... Like everyone in the cast talks at the same yeah, time? Yeah, well, they had Whoa. all the cast whisper God's words and they were going to like mush it together to make a voice. But okay. it just would have been... Yeah, and apparently it sounded weird. So they're like, okay, well, we need one voice to be a little louder. But they said if you go back and listen to the burning bush scene, you can hear his voice, but you can hear also the cast voices like whispering underneath. Wow. Interesting. That's cool. Oh, and another debate was they were at some points going to have God's voice be done by a woman. But the experts that they consulted were like, you really don't want to do that. <laughs> you will a woman and a child, I think they wanted to do. And then they were like, just stick with men. A child? Like how yeah. E.T. was a child and Deborah Winger. What's this now? <laughs> E.T. was mixing a child and an animal of His some voice. sort. And Deborah Winger to make E.T. Oh, really? I had no idea that that was a child and Child, some an sort of animal, animal, I think, was in the mix. Did and like Deborah the Winger. grunting, maybe? Maybe, yes. And Howie Mandel played Gizmo in the Gremlins. (laughs) Now that, I believe. That's true. This is all true. That's so funny. Um, Tell me the truth. I I believe you. All right. I believe that's true. This is the voice of God. How how can I even speak to these people? It's Moses. Who made man's mouth? Oh, yeah, you can hear it. Who made the deaf, the mute, the seeing, or the blind? The score is good as hell. Now go! It's good. It's good. 
Sounds like a, a Voldemort. Or <laughs> it is a little wonder. sinister. Disembodied, it definitely does without the, <laughs> yeah. the glowing white light. Yeah, I, it uh, sounds creepy. I loved this depiction of God. Yeah? Yeah, this was one of my favorites that I've seen so far. Because it was. Listening again does sound a little creepy, <laughs> but with the bush and everything, I feel like it's very hard to do the voice of God without sounding like really hokey uh. or really like overly serious in a way or just like i don't know like hearing just val kilmer in your head or something (laughs) and i thought they did a good job of making him sound like the awe-inspiring god and then also the god that you are familiar with who's just maybe in your head or like is comforting in the way like he soothes moses after kind of like just yelling at him all of a sudden yeah i thought was like i was i was like that is familiar to me and that felt like honoring in the way that it's not and it's not also like a person's in body that is speaking too, to have it speaking like through these flames and winds and stuff was really cool. And I like appreciated that. It was scary in a way that I liked. Yeah. And I enjoyed that when he like slams him on the ground basically. But then the music is kind of that of grandeur. Yes. I yeah. thought in a way that was Very really heavenly. cool. That must've been so hard to think about scoring that. Of yeah. Like how do I make something sound like heaven? How, how do you do that? Like, how do you do that? Where do you begin? <laughs> and it has to be things like we haven't really heard. You got Hans Zimmer on the horn. Hans Zimmer. Coachella Zim. artist Hans Zimmer. <laughs> he does headline at Coachella now. Mm-hmm. He a does? A friend of mine what? is one of the backing vocalists in that little oh. band. What, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll play a Coachella set now. Just People loved it. <laughs> like that yeah, Like stuff. the Inception song. That's so song. funny. And then is he just kind of like stand off on the side with his arms crossed? No, I'm sure he, he conducts, conducts and plays the like, piano. Oh, like, there's an orchestra. Yeah. Okay. I thought wait. he was just like pink. <laughs> wait, you thought he just—he's not kind of like DJ'd it, yeah. <laughs> DJ Hans. Well, one of the reasons this is one of my favorite scores I've heard of his is because so Schwartz does the songs. He does, you know, "Deliver Us," "When You Believe," uh, "Through Heaven's Eyes," which I think is my favorite song. Oh, really? It, uh, I think so. Interesting. All right, yeah. more on that later. But then. Hans is just rephrasing all the themes from those songs. The melodies oh, from those songs that. are interwoven. And it really is a testament to like, like in the age of like Marvel movies where it's like, what's the th- song? What's the yeah. theme? There's nothing yeah. to latch onto. And this, it's like, just get five great melodies and repeat them over and over again. Huh. You're good. Yeah. Like that's Moses's theme. This is the theme for the Hebrews. This is Pharaoh's theme. Boom, you're done. Yeah. And you can pick it up on, on it too. Yeah, I remember when um, the whole deliver us like montage or whatever. When you see Moses like enter into the pharaoh or the pharaoh's wife's chambers, you even hear like his melody for a second. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, totally. Oh, that was really, like, it's artfully oh, done. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Do you love it now? <laughs> no, we're not putting you on trial. This That's isn't right. the TCAs. I no, no, no. I thought I thought there was much to respect uh-huh. about the movie. What do you think? like story wise could have been done better. Well, it's a, I mean, it's an age old story and you got to tell it kind of exactly how it's always been told, but in Do watching you? it, you, well, you don't, but in watching it, I just kind of felt like I've seen this. I don't think you can pair it with patch Adams though. And get the same. Experience That's true. That you would do. That's true. 
<laughs> I mean, I'd love to see Patch Adams now and see what I, I think of all of it. You have you have to do this stuff kind of by in a familiar book. way. By the book. If you're like a... <laughs> I, I guess they got no controversy out of it because it's such a faithful depiction. Yeah. And but they put that weird disclaimer up at the beginning. Right. I think that covered their their yeah. butts. That probably Plenty. helped them so much. Yeah. Yeah, because there's so and I don't think we need to like rehash well, this wasn't accurate. This wasn't in the button. Like yeah. who cares? Like Ramesses I don't think Moses thought right. he was actually well, they not a Hebrew. Yeah, and they weren't raised as brothers. And also Moses didn't accidentally kill the Egyptian. Like he purposely killed him and buried him. Mm -hmm. And that's why he had to run away. There's like little things like that that kind of change his motivation. Yeah. The rest of it's like family things or it's slightly different. They made the murder a wacky misunderstanding. (laughs) It was anything but. Um, When Moses takes his little wig off. Yeah. You got turned on. Tell you what, boys. (laughs) What? (laughs) Moses looks good. Well, I'm All sure right. you can find plenty of Tumblr posts for this particular <laughs> yeah, proclivity. Yeah, I make you them. Have. You so make them. I'm very familiar. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Don't love Val Kilmer as a as a voice actor, I gotta say. I no. think he does fine here, but I feel like everyone else is pretty great. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer has a good lady voice for just any. Man, she and does. for such a hot lady, too. Yeah. She did a great job. Zipporah, baby. Are you guys a Zipporah or a Miriam? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go Miriam. I'm a Miriam. I knew too. we'd have to talk about this tonight. I would be a Miriam as well. <laughs> I even knew when I was eight year old, I was like, I'm a Miriam. So <laughs> watching it, I was like, Miriam's cool. She's smart. I was watching this with a friend of ours the other night. And she said, I like this because Zipporah had a more realistic body because this came oh. out close to when Hercules came out. Sure. And what's oh, her yeah. face's body in that? It's Meg. like crazy. Yeah, yeah. it is crazy. Well, but it's like this, stylized. by comparison. Well, she's still very like it's slim. Achievable. It's not achievable. It's achievable. Miriam is achievable. <laughs> I'd say that every morning, Miriam is achievable. It's achievable. It's achievable. You're meeting your personal trainer. Like, right. I just want that Miriam. <laughs> Give me the Miriam. Body. <laughs> you know what I'm talking Give about. Give me that exodus bot. Yeah. But okay, I don't I don't think we need to do like a synopsis of what happens in the movie. You guys know Moses, he goes away, yeah. he comes back, he tells Pharaoh, let my people go. Right. And he lets a bunch of plagues happen. Ten We're plagues. Frogs, locusts, blood in the water. All the hits. And then the most gruesome, maybe yeah. one of the most gruesome things I've seen in an animated movie. Yeah. That's rated PG. There were various points in this movie I was like, wow, this is a lot. I know. And stuff that I remember from being a kid. And again, I haven't seen this movie in like 15 to 20 years. Things I remember from being a kid when the whatever we want to call it comes out for Passover. Oh, right. And starts killing all the firstborn. Very Mm -hmm. haunting. It is. The sound with that is pretty wild, how they did the sound design. Oh, yeah, the sound It almost sounds like an alien creature right there. This is just a spooky sound CD that you're playing. No, 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 that's from the movie. That's a monster mash. (laughs) I was working in the lab. But listen to this part where he takes the kids back. That's creepy. If you see that and you're like, because mom and dad, if you're a Christian or a Jewish kid, mom and dad are going to be like, it's fine, we can put it on. Hey, you're seeing that shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like this big, creepy cloud that like comes out of the sky. White. Yeah. White. And it's like flying through the streets and like coming up at a door and then running away. And then if it takes a kid's life, it makes that <sighs> sound. 
sound, and it's really wild, ooh, unnerving. Much like the Dementors. Is oh, this you a s- Harry Potter movie? Wait a minute, Ray <laughs> finds the Dementors. I'm saying maybe the Bible ripped uh, off Harry Potter. I think you're right. Something to think. Damn about. it, those hacks! I can't wait to go on Twitter after we <laughs> stop recording tonight and see what new piece of information J.K. Rowling's unleashed onto the public. The Bible stole from me. Actually, Ron was a twin. <laughs> yeah, and never met his other twin. Oh yeah. You know, I love Johnny Depp. Something they don't really address in this movie, but that gives Christians a lot of grief or a lot of difficulty, is the fact that God is taking children's lives. Which just previously you've been like, oh, that pharaoh, he was a real bad dude. He killed all those babies. Yeah, it's right. like the plagues are annoying. They're locusts. They're inconvenient. Right, they're like gross. They're like boils. And then it like gets that. into, he, he legit kills death. a bunch of kids. Yeah. The one I remember is like when you see it go into the little shack and you hear that pot shatter and then you just see that kid's arm yeah, come arm out. flop the, out. Yeah. That is gruesome. Yeah, that was that really graphic. That is so much. I remember when I was a kid like kind of half understanding that and then being like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no. Right. I would have had the kid's hand drop a rattle, unclench a rattle. <laughs> to make it even. <laughs> and then the rattle rolls into the street where a horse passing by stomps it. Oh my God. Wow. See, this is the Personal. adaptation you were looking for. <laughs> this is the yeah. kind of detail little, that would have spiced it up. A little me. edge. <laughs> see, I think I want to see Patrick Walsh's Prince of Egypt or Book of Exodus. I do Again, too. season two yeah. of Living Biblically. Well, wasn't that one that Ridley Scott did called Exodus? Yeah. Gods and Monsters? So it was the same, <laughs> same story. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what was different there, but I'm going to look that up. Apparently they took a lot of liberties. Yeah, I bet I Kingsley so. was in that one. He was in one of them that came out in the he last was 10 in that years. One, I think. But I feel like swords and sandals stuff, like especially live action, it feels like we're done. Like I we don't want done. that anymore. You know, yeah. 300 was the last one. That I did not like. Oh, that. that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Last one they even did. Gods know. and Kings, not Gods. Gods and Kings. <laughs> gods no and monsters. Kings. Gods and little <laughs> monsters. keep trying to put monsters where they Monster don't babies. No monsters. <laughs> but I remember they asked Ridley Scott, like, why did you cast Christian Bale as oh, as Moses? I remember this response. And he goes, look. I'm I'm not gonna make money releasing a two hundred million dollar movie with like Jabu Jabamba no, in the no, lead. No, or he something. did he did no, no. say it like that. It was oh, something gosh. that dismissive. Yeah, Ridley Scott is a true asshole. Yeah. Ooh, that is really bad. <laughs> oh wait, so it's Bale as Moses, Joel Edgerton as Ramses. <laughs> this was this was cards? two years ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, Aaron Paul as Joshua. Whatever. What? <laughs> ben Kingsley, thank you, as none. I got one in there. None. All right. I mean, I, I don't want to see this thing. He either. plays a nun that tells the whole story to the school children. Uh-huh. And then Moses and then said, what? let my people go. Oh, and that's Ben Kingsley. Why are you, man? <laughs> shh, shh, shh. Now, now, now. There's a Zipporah and a Bithia and, and blah, blah, blah. So they go a little deeper. Sure. I don't recall Abithia and the Prince of Egypt. What was your least favorite song in this movie, Caroline? What is my least favorite song? I thought When You Believe was one of my least favorite songs. It's the only one that's memorable to me. Yeah, I could see that, but I think I have too much nostalgia associated with it because I liked it when I heard it and then... I sang it in choir too, and we sang it with like the kids' choir too. So mm-hmm. they came and did like that. <laughs> so the little kids sang that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like really adorable and very, it's very moving when you hear a crowd of people sing that. 
Actually, you know together. what? I think the very worst song in this is All I Ever Wanted. Yes, that's the worst one. All I Ever Wanted. It's like yeah, I, can, yeah, it's the, I Can Go the Distance from Hercules. It's like that same kind It's of the thing. I Want song. But listen to that. Oh, no. That's it. That's so wicked. That. That's, so that's like Define Gravity or something. Like those ostinatos. Yeah. And yeah, you usually put an all I want song at this point in your musical, but you don't usually call it I want. I want some stuff. I want some stuff. I want the world. What's that, Charlie and Chocolate Factory? I want the whole world. I want the whole world. They're in? Yeah. Right? Yeah. They are making Prince of Egypt into a Broadway musical right now. And they are going through that same controversy with white They shut it down because the cast was white. Yeah. I think it's done. shut What I read was like, it's done. Done forever because of the whiteies. Yeah. Wow. man. White people do ruin everything. There's so many Jewish people in the well, world. Well, they had Jim Gaffigan as Moses, which I found <laughs> outrageous. Let my people have pockets. <laughs> he was the whitest Commander guy I could think one. of. It, no, the the tablets are just two big hot pockets. They got so many kids. Down. Yeah. <laughs> Louis C.K. as Ramesses. Oh, see, that was a mistake. Huh, well. I keep saying so Ramesses. It's just Ramses, it, right? No, but they say Ramesses in the movie. Anything else we want to talk about before we give our final thoughts on the movie? I did love the the parting of the sea. I literally said, whoa, during when they like yes. had the lightning flashes and the whales. When the whales were going through, that was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. give you a cool that. detail? Yeah. It was Just cool. give me that, Patrick. Just give me Two that. years they worked on that. Just to Two please, years, to please you, Patrick. Well, they that didn't. That scene. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, the Ten Commandments was in 1956 or something. Sure. And you see everything in the Ten Commandments that you see in the Prince of Egypt, pretty did, much. Yeah, they did redo it. So well, that I was, was kind of like, how it came about, too. The guy was like, we should do Ten Commandments. Yeah, that was the animated. goal. Yeah. But I guess I just wanted like some sort of different visual feel to it. You guys have sold me on the animation, which was cooler than I was willing to let on at the beginning. Because you'll yes. never see that 2D shit again. You really That's right. won't. Yeah. It's almost like a reverse of what Disney is doing now with their properties, where it's like, remember when it was animated? Now it's live action. <laughs> like, Beauty and the Beast. And yeah. It's like, remember that live action thing? Now it's animated. It's right. animated. Egypt. Yeah. Did you see the new Beauty and the Beast? Oh, we walked out of it, actually. Oh. <laughs> we did? Yeah. Oh, when we saw the interruption yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. When I saw the real movie, I didn't walk out of it. Oh, you saw it twice? I it. it. was bad. Yeah. Really? I thought it was ugly looking. I thought the uh, castle was really cool. Emma Watson sounded like T-Pain after Can't they were done with her vocals. out of a paper bag. <laughs> um, but anyway. She's got the look. But yeah. Pat, Does she have anything it? else? Uh, I haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. It was next to Prince of Egypt. Oh, really? Once I watched Prince of Egypt on Netflix, then it was like, well, you must like the Beauty and the Beast <laughs> reboot. Like, oh, God, you wrong. figured out that. Ruined our, my whole algorithm. Our goal for all of our guests is to ruin their recommendations yeah. on Spotify, oh, yeah. Netflix. I did check my Hulu. daily mix on Spotify the other day and it was like, Rebecca St. James and Stephen Curry. <laughs> like, no. Oh, boy. I don't want it. It ends very abruptly with just a flash forward to Moses bringing down the Ten Commandments. Yes. Yeah, and then they just end there, which is, I think, an interesting choice because that is arguably one of the biggest parts of his story. And just be like, yeah, I think we're done here. Yeah. I mean, their lives were bad after they crossed the sea. Yeah. They got real bad. And you see that play out more in uh, in the Ten Commandments. But uh, yeah. Oh, something that also isn't in this movie that might be interesting to talk about because it also caused a lot of grief among Christians is there's several verses when the plagues are going on in the book of Exodus where it's like 
God did this to the land of Egypt. And then Moses said, hey, Pharaoh, do you want to let my people go? And Pharaoh's like, okay. And then as soon as Moses leaves the room, it says God hardens Pharaoh's heart. Right. And then Pharaoh says, you know what? Never mind. You don't get to go. And this happens over and over. And specifically saying like God basically turned Pharaoh inside out and made him say no on purpose. Yeah. Which is a real moral dilemma if you think about it. Like, oh, are any of our sins the product of like God hardening our hearts, like out of our control, basically? It's then, wild. And this is hard. I feel like this gets into a larger theme of like, it's pretty nuts that we watch this movie where a bunch of kids get slaughtered. So. Uh-huh. But we're and, like on Moses' team. Yeah. And Moses does like mourn for that afterwards. You get a beat of him crying. Yeah, and then he seems w- bummed. Watching Ramses lay down his <laughs> dead son on an altar. Yeah. Again, yeah. I couldn't believe this is in a piece yeah. of movie. But it and is. And then how does, I guess it opens up a discussion with parents because I was wondering would kids even get it? Right. Would they be like, wait, God did that? You're like God killed all the kids. But it's in the fine town? when God does it. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Which speaks to again with that stuff with Pharaoh's heart and hardening and stuff. Like Old Testament God has some some stuff. <laughs> some stuff. Yeah. yeah, and it can be very hard to reconcile that with everything that Jesus says. Like afterward. Yeah, this is why so. I don't see this as a primarily Christian movie. Right. Even yeah. though we're here on good Christian fun. Jews right. love a vengeful God. No, <laughs> is that true Yikes. i don't think so whoa no well i think we should get to our final thoughts on the movie yeah the way this works patrick we're gonna give it a holy toast okay. or a holy roast holy toast is a thumbs up we're sending this baby to heaven where the angels will be toasting it right with some virgin champagne holy roast we're sending it to heaven we're just gonna burn in hell forever oh my You know, you said send me to heaven where it will burn in hell forever is what you just said. Is that true? Yeah. Send it to hell where it will burn in hell forever. (laughs) Guys, I misspoke. Dang. And there's nothing in between sending it to roast eternally in hell well patrick i'm sending it to heaven the best place on earth (laughs) i'm so glad you asked christianity (laughs) because that's true if you want to put it somewhere between heaven and hell we do have a purgatory option where you can send it to the space between (laughs) the space between (laughs) so we'll start with you caroline i really really love prince of egypt the music is so iconic and it's something that moves me emotionally more than a lot of Christian music does, which is maybe surprising. And I think it's just the way they tied it in to like just the scale and you can really feel their oppression and really feel their, their like tiredness and their sadness and everything and to see Mm -hmm. what this is like for them. And it, yeah. And just depicts like slavery or oppression in such a like very visceral way that a lot of this music feels very heartfelt and beautiful. I felt like the way God depicted also was cool and the miracles like they weren't hacky or they weren't i don't know i was just never caught myself like rolling my eyes of like all right cool way to you know make sure god is boy, in this oh boy, yeah, yeah it, and it never felt preachy either like like i was told to believe in god through this or that like faith was really put, shoved down my throat or anything it was very just like here's the story here's what happened you may go about your day if you want to you may go about your yeah they release you at the end <laughs> yeah, they say do whatever you want yeah and and i think uh the message is even if you're not a person of faith like speaking truth to power and, and believing in the freedom of things is really cool and i thought it was just well done that way and i love the women in it i thought they were great yeah and so i give it a holy toast and a holy send toast. that right to heaven okay patrick 
I mean, to me, knowing the three options, it's a perfect candidate for the space between. Can't believe that guy was popular for that one. <laughs> he always felt like Christian Rock to me, even though it wasn't. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> because I felt like there was a lot to admire, but that ultimately I just wasn't entertained by it. That's okay. all I can say. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. It felt like they stole minutes from your life. Um, and then combined with this podcast, hours. Oh, no, Patrick. <laughs> no. Oh, no, that's not true. We didn't talk about this, by the way. But, Cars 3? Uh, nope. <laughs> not that. But I don't think this is like a Christian-made movie. No, this is a DreamWorks joint. This yeah. is mainstream. Which I was thinking is why it's so good. Why it's good? Maybe. Because yeah. I don't feel like there's an agenda here. No, there, and, I, and I was thinking that's why it feels so much more like you can breathe a little bit or just enjoy. I agree. There, was, there doesn't feel like there's an agenda beyond just like telling this story maybe yeah. sort of faithfully. Right? Yeah. No, I think so. I didn't feel preached to at all. It felt like they were just painting with biblical colors rather than, guys, we need you to think this coming out of it. Right. Even the songs like, there will be miracles you can't achieve. It's like, what? What does that mean? Yeah, it could be a kind of a believe in yourself song. It's totally a believe in yourself song. That was one of the things I remember when my mom was like, you you can't achieve it should be god My can achieve too. <laughs> yeah yeah like okay yeah, yeah everyone gets a participation award <laughs> sure yeah um, and i was thinking like if christians made this movie how different it would feel or like how many times you'd probably hear some jew be like if only there was someone else who yeah, could deliver no, us they were totally amended to like <laughs> something like one that. day there will be a messiah <laughs> yeah. And he'll be Jewish like us. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I like that our uh, impressions of Jewish people are just Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, one day, maybe <laughs> I'll find a Messiah. That's what an ancient Jew sounds like. <laughs> yeah, that's Bruce. Right. Well, for myself, I walked in with an open heart and an open mind. Mm-hmm. But I was prepared to not like this movie and to have it just whatever positive effects I remember from my childhood be chalked up to whatever nostalgia or mm-hmm. but this wasn't like a every week i gotta watch prince of egypt like like airplane or clue i watch every day for like three years of my life oh, i think right. i watch those movies this is one of those but it was it's it's great i think it's a terrifically mm-hmm. just constructed animated movie that also happens to be biblical in nature i right. think the songs are good all i ever wanted notwithstanding mm-hmm. Uh, with Val Kilmer singing double. And there when you believe is fine, but it's just my least favorite out of the good the good songs in it. Through Heaven's Eyes, I think is a is a dope melody. Oh, yeah, you can talk about and that. such a cool like perspective. Like everything they're saying yeah, in the lyrics. How can you know what a life is worth? So how can you see what your life is worth? Oh where your value lies. You can never see through the eyes of man. You must look at your life. Look at your life through heaven's eyes. I'll, I'll see that whitewashed musical on Broadway. No, I won't. It is. It would be funny if it was in I'll a theater. I'll support the hell out of that <laughs> Right next to ends. Hamilton. Oh, it was like white Prince of Egypt. No. <laughs> and like all the all the MAGA people show I hope up. they make that musical. That would be so good. Just fix it. Just, Just fix the casting. Folks. What was the Steve Martin song? Oh, that was, that was a bad with the big, with the big boys, boys now. Yeah, that was a bad song. Yeah, because it was with the big much. boys now. You're playing with the oh that big whole boys sequence now. where it's like yeah they're doing tricks for yeah. each other, but there was like barely a melody. Yeah, I felt like too. That was like the scar song where they were like 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, there's a lot of shared DNA, I feel like, because Lion King was 94. I agree. It felt also, Lion King African setting. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, little did we know that this would be the same net, uh, animated studio to put out Turbo a few years later. Yeah. That snail movie yeah. where he's like oh racing. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Racing snail. Racing, racing snail. snail movie. But for me, I love <laughs> Stephen Schwartz songs. I love the animation. It was gorgeous to watch. And there were so many parts in the openings where I did get choked up yes. at certain parts. Uh, so I'm giving it a holy roast. So... Despite no, Patrick's, oh, oh no, I keep doing that. <laughs> We're gonna. T- I think that getting emotional could only really come from being religious. You think so? Not just the beauty of the movie. That could I be. Think so. I, I think you know so. what? Now you say that too. That makes sense of thinking like because I know the context of Israel and like all the stuff they're gonna go right. through and everything. And like that's what I, you were sobbing. I know the context of Israel. <laughs> I was just like the context, <laughs> <laughs> the context. <laughs> so I guess, guys, we're saying this to heaven. But we're not the final Yay. word on where this is going. You're you the final God word. You let God win? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. He does well, not get oh, a vote. Oh, that's implied. Uh. <laughs> implied or implode? We let you, the listener, weigh in on Twitter. So go to at Christian Fun Pod. You can give it a holy roast or a holy toast. So why don't you get out there and... Pokemon, go to the polls. <laughs> we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. Caroline Patrick, it's time for another installment of the hunt for the worst Christian song of all time. The worst! Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Hunt for the Worst Christian Song of All Time. The current reigning champion is a song called Evolution Redefined right. by Jeff Moore and The Distance. <laughs> Bazinga. Big Bang Fiction, guys. Therefore, Crope Magnum, man. Okay. So we made Patrick listen to this song. (laughs) You actually watched the music video, didn't you? I did watch the music video. What were your thoughts on that? I'll tell you, the the gentleman who portrayed the professor Uh was a little broad in his performance. (laughs) A little big, I would say. Okay. You heard him just now. Um, the band looked ridiculous, and it was one of those things that they do when the band starts to get old, like all Aerosmith videos. <laughs> Sunglasses? They have like a 17-year-old girl be, pl- act out your words, and it's <laughs> rarely even cut to the band. <laughs> so they were cut into these younger kids in, the, in this video. Okay. The, oh, you haven't seen this video? No, just I haven't seen it. Yeah. Paint me a picture. But yeah, the band is probably, you know, like late 40s and they all look like they're concealing pretty heavy cocaine habits. <laughs> and they're, you know, p- rocking out, whatever. But most of the time they're on this young couple in high school. Uh huh. And you see the old guys like rocking once in a blue moon for a second. <laughs> because they're trying to appeal to the kids. Sure. Right. The kids are, well, the kids are the one who needs to hear this. Yeah. But the melody is terrible. The lyrics are terrible so you didn't connect with the message of this song (laughs) (laughs) i didn't where where would you have seen that video back in the day where would it have i think it would have been on cmtv it it would have been on like tbn i bet oh yeah that's a good question because now music videos i i think they would show christian music videos huh like or it might have been you know sometimes like ABC Family turns into the 700 Club after yeah. like 1 a.m. Maybe it'd be on that. I don't know. I think it'd be like packaged with a VHS for some other mm. Christian thing. Like that just comes on before for some reason. Right. You know? Yeah, because that's the thing. There are a lot of Christian music videos. What was or the primary platform? You see it at Cracker Barrel because Cracker Barrel releases a lot of Christian music for some reason. That's true. They're a leading Exclusively. Uh, <laughs> name in that. <laughs> you know, once I saw Smokey Robinson perform at the Hollywood Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he said, uh, folks, we're going to do one now off my new album, The Quiet Storm. It's only available at uh, major Cracker Barrel locations. And the audience <laughs> laughed really hard. And he goes, oh, no, I'm I'm quite serious. Oh, no. It's only available at <laughs> Cracker Barrel restaurants. Wow. I had never heard of Cracker Barrel in such a music platform they release stuff like starbucks releases stuff yeah, and then afterwards like he said w. smith came out yeah. yes, Barrel, that's all right stuff mm-hmm. uh he goes I, he goes laugh. he goes i'm gonna do one more off of uh the quiet storm and the crowd was silent and he looks up and goes oh thank you both as if thank like, you two, oh, as if like no. two people had clapped oh it was very funny wow. but he knew he was making, oh, okay. he knew he was being funny okay that be, that he was in his so right tragic. mind it sounds sad but he was he was very funny <laughs> he, was he, he had good right jokes <laughs> so the way this works is that's our current champion we're gonna listen to a new song okay decide if it's worse and we're gonna decide whether it's worse we'll okay. vote on it we'll listen to it this is a song called the big m Marriage? Well, you'll find out. Murder? The Better big, not be masturbation. The Big M um, by Less Control. Maybe it is masturbation. 
<sighs> Came after Green Day, did it? <laughs> Can you tell? All right, we're, we're grooving in the room. A lot of soul in the playing. Yeah. Caroline, make this face. Is this is this a joke? No, it's not. I feel insane. It's not. It's not. It sounds like such a parody. It's not. Oh. It it feels like a parody, but it's not. Stop! Do a guitar solo instead. Do a guitar solo instead. So they have a little bit of humor to it. Yeah, they're like punk rock guys. Right, uh-huh. kind of a um, ska. What are some thing. other tracks from the album? Well, let me tell you, Patrick Walsh. Oh, this is obviously worse than the evolution. Oh my God! You know what? Musically, know. it isn't. Musically, it isn't worse. <laughs> uh, you make me puke. Return to vomit. Planned what? Parenthood. Deliverance. Oh virginity disease. Whoa. Uh, Real men cry. Mad at the girls. <laughs> mad at the girls. <laughs> Get married. Sex rant intro. Can we hear the sex rant intro? Wow. Everyone out here. Is extremely special. And everyone out here, every one of us need to take our sexuality oh. very seriously. Okay. We don't even get our name at birth until we know what sex we are. Our sexuality is part of our identity. And this culture, this whole world, has got sexuality and God's idea of it turned upside down. Mm. We need to think very okay. seriously about that. <laughs> even more importantly than our sexuality, though, is our relationship with God. He's so out of there breath. Is God. You look at these trees. Punk rockers. And and you know there's a God. The chances of evolution happening is like a paper factory exploding. What? Oh, okay. Piles of leaves and paper in the air fly to the ground and land in What's this about sex? Complete, it took a hard right into evolution, right? <laughs> That's the odds and the chances of evolution actually happening of cells randomly coming together <laughs> one living cell. There Sorry for making everyone Someone's been reading his apologetics books. All right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Wait, I want to get to what was that last thing he said in the big M? Think about it, man. Put your body in subjection. Take all thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Masturbation. All right. <laughs> gotta I mean, gotta it, be the only song where masturbation is the chorus. Uh, or even that's mentioned in a lyric. If no, there's plenty of songs that um, Sue Found Stevens has a song about masturbating. There's a Green Day song that that's, that says masturbate. Well, masturbation lost its fun. You're a fun. Yeah, 
The divinals, I touch myself. Touch I stand, myself. Whoa, jeez. Okay, I don't want to hear any more. Uh, I'm good, guys. Patrick and I will be a releasing of, a, a lot of rap. <laughs> no, Spotify playlist. A lot of rap. <laughs> no, uh, you can stop now. Okay, so that's the big M. Wow, 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 wow. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Patrick truly looked taken aback. It's one thing to sing about it, and then uh, it just cuts out, and he starts yelling at you. Yeah, that's those were the parts where I thought the guy was not well. <laughs> yeah, no, it, he's well. He's just he's just saying the things that you probably learned at youth group. <laughs> Do you think he was a virgin when he wrote that song? Ooh. No, I bet he had a lot of sex and then he got uh-huh. saved. Uh huh. And then he was artificial like, "Oh, artificial sex." Yeah, and then he because I I've seen that happen where it's like someone lives the punk rock life and they just sure mm-hmm. they just indulge in whatever and then they quote-unquote get saved and then, and then they, they like they masturbate for the first time but <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh this is, <gasps> this is dirty i'm no, sorry <laughs> no 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 i i mean to say sometimes people that come out of that they become a person of faith can be even more hard-nosed yeah like yes. far more legalistic conservative than anyone else because they're so trying to run away from their old self that right. they're like ah no you can't ever do that like right, yeah. that that and can judge you even though they have already had their fun right or had it's worn as a badge of honor of like i did that right so, or, or know, a badge of honor it. <laughs> no come on kevin, kevin. what what? Come on, <laughs> Caroline, you're too mean to me. <laughs> okay, I loved that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so those oh, that's uh, that was a really good contender. It's either who submitted that? That was uh oh, you know what? Well, that came in from multiple, from multiple several people. people. Yeah, that yeah, it came in with. From like literally ten people. Well, thank you to the GCFers. Thank you. Yeah, I think we're we're selling to GCFers. Aren't I think we? that makes sense. Yeah, thank you GCFers for saying that in. So, guys, what's the worst song? Is it Evolution Redefined or the Big M? Because there is an element of the Big M that is kind of hilarious, which I don't find Evolution Redefined to be funny at all. Evolution, I would say, is the worst song because it didn't make me feel anything, whereas the Masturbation song made me feel shocked. Yeah, and appalled. (laughs) And appalled. I think um, Evolution Redefined, Redefined, though, is a song... Or is this? This is just... Yeah. It felt like a minimalist um, yeah. art piece. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like something you'd see at the LACMA. What year did that come out? It seemed like right after Green Day. The big... Uh, I don't know. I'll have to look that up. That's, you don't have to look it up. No, I have to look it up. I owe it to you and our listeners to look it up. No, not now, Siri. Ken's a real numbers freak, too, when That's it comes to the dates of things happening. And I love it about you. Thanks! <laughs> I'm proud of you and your good memory. Yeah, I think the Evolution song is worse. 1992 is 92. when it came out. Yeah, right oh. after Granda. Yeah. Caroline, what say you? I say the big M is the worst song. It's hard to argue with either choice. It's very... You can't go wrong. No. No. Their first album, by the way, Less Control, is their first album is This is a Condom Nation. (laughs) They talked about sex a lot. Yeah, a whole lot. I mean, we could read it. Maybe we'll do a whole whole episode about Lust Control. Hearing their song titles, I want to now. (laughs) So I guess it's down to me. Yeah. The tie-breaking vote. vote. No, what was your vote, though? My vote was Evolution. The Evolution is the worst one? Okay. It was boring. Ooh. Evolution is boring, but I don't know if that makes it worse. Did you remember the wacky professor voice, though? Now, Darwin, 
That was grating. Now is that is wacky professor more grating than If you saw the video uh, if you look at the professor in the eye then that might help your decision. But that's not a fair way to look at him. It should be song against song. If we okay. if we vote for if I vote for the big M, that means next week's guest has to listen to it though. That's that's a rough go. That's okay. great. Okay. I'm voting for the big M. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. That's the worst song. <laughs> Goodbye, Evolution Redefined. You had a good two-week run. Yeah. A big bang. A big bang, if you will. Mm-hmm. And now, guys, it's time to bring it down. Patrick. Yes. <sighs> I feel like it's a massage about to happen. Oh, kind of in a way. <laughs> now, <laughs> you've probably been on other podcasts before. Even other podcasts that maybe I've been on as well. I have. And we've done stuff where we've like promoted ourselves and plugged our projects and said where you can find you on social media. But we're not here to do that. Oh. We're here to lift it up. That's what right. we call lifting it up. Where Take we lift we lift up our projects. We share what okay. we're working on. <laughs> what we're enjoying even maybe in secular culture. Uh-huh. And our social media handles. Caroline, what do you want to lift up? If everyone could be lifting up uh, my episode on Tell Me Everything, a newish podcast. Ah, podcast, yeah. Yeah. From Kira and Ken's. Kira and Ken's. Um, and they uh, have people on to talk about things that they're passionate about and tell them everything. And I was on and talked about uh, faith and podcasting. And it was very fun. It's incredibly on brand. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so if you'd like to hear me, talk about myself more yeah Uh, that's coming out january 21st um you can also lift me up at totem spirit wolf on instagram and twitter and uh i would like to something that's been on my heart and my mind is the my brother my brother me tv show because we had travis i haven't heard of (laughs) oh he's from that yeah have you heard of that no oh it's huge okay Uh, you'd love it (laughs) Um, it's, it is still streaming for free on a platform called VRV. So I watched it all and I was laughing super hard by myself. So if you'd like to be lifted in your spirit, go check that out. By those beautiful brothers. That's right. Patrick, what do you want to be lifting up this week? Well, I'd love to lift up my own podcast. We'll see you in hell. I listen to this podcast. It's a terrific show. Um, it sounds like it would be at odds with a show about <laughs> religion, but it's not. Um, it's me and comedian Joe DeRosa argue, get in fights, talk about generally horror movies, but we talk about all kinds of different things. It's very funny. I'd like to lift up my Twitter and Instagram handle, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Patrick Walsh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I may, one of my favorite joke writers on Twitter. I'll say. Oh, thank you. Kevin. That's wow. true. It's true. Thank you for lifting me up. I lift you up. And I'd like to lift up my show, Living Biblically. Yeah. Premieres February 26 on CBS, 938 30 Central. Stars J.R. Ferguson from Mad Men, Lindsey Kraft, Tony Rock, brother of Chris, breakout star, David Krumholtz, you know him, you love him, Ian Gomez, Cameron Mannheim, Academy Award nominee June Squibb. Ooh. Oh, Squibb was crushing it when I saw she that show. She was crushing it. Yeah, she's good. Um, it's a it's a heck of a cast and a heck of a show, and I hope you watch it. All right, we'll be lifting that up for you, Patrick. Church yeah. of GCF, assemble. Service starts at February twenty sixth. Yeah, that's right. You little GCFers out there, start your <laughs> engines. 
<laughs> well, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter on the platforms aforementioned. Be lifting up my Instagram stories, my future account Your on Instagram Vine, too. Instagram stories? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. specifically. You getting back on Vine? V2? You know I'm there, baby. <laughs> I'm starting a YouTube channel. I've been working with this guy. His name's Logan. He's been teaching me a lot of stuff, oh, like yeah. how to be on oh, uh, There's something on YouTube. I should tell you. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, you guys are going to Japan together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're recording this way in advance of right. it coming out. We're recording yeah. this in November of 2017. I think that's going to yeah. go well for We're going to have guys. a great trip, you guys. Yeah. And I want to lift up the Phantom Thread. Or no, not the Phantom Thread, just Phantom Thread. And specifically the score to it by Johnny Greenwood of the aforementioned Radiohead band. True oh. Love Waits. Huh. It is my favorite score of 2017 I love it so much I don't even think it's out yet but you should watch that movie when it love goes wide movie. in a couple Song. weeks yeah it's it's a mesmerizing entrancing movie in a way that won't make you feel gross and disturbed like the master did yeah. or confused and mad like Inherent Vice did yeah it's good it's very good mm-hmm. and the score is very great oh and you can check out my other podcast The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Goys Maisel Goys that I'm hosting with Alice Wetterland so great we're, Talking about every episode of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Love that show. Love Alice. Chasing Amy, part three. <laughs> <laughs> and you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Christian Fun Pod. You can listen to every song featured on the show in our Christian Fun Spotify playlist. You can also send us an email, goodchristianfun at gmail.com, and leave us a review at iTunes, Apple Podcasts. And for every review you leave, we send a dollar to charity. Yeah. The charity for this month is... This month is Covenant House. Um, we've been doing them the last couple months. Um, they provide uh, housing for homeless teens that live in L.A. They're great. They're really well rated. And they've got uh, Oprah approval. Oh. So oh. if you want a Say little no presidential more. seal on Hashtag that Hashtag nothing but respect for my <laughs> president. <laughs> um, they do great work. So uh, you'll be supporting them and supporting us. Yeah. Come on, you little GCFers. Pony it up. That. Pony <laughs> You're not ponying we up are. anything. We are. <laughs> yes, and of course, that's it. Of course, that's and it. And of course, that's it. Patrick, thanks so much for joining <laughs> us on the show. Thanks for having me. What a delight. This is so fun. There's thanks, nothing guys. left to say except for, and all of Pod's people said, Amen. Amen. Very good. Let's go out. On an Academy Award winning banger. Oh, yeah. Imagine an inspirational sports movie starring Putty, Mary Swanson, and Hannah Montana's boyfriend. Next week on GCF, we're watching the film. Hoovy, Hoovy, H-O-O-V-E-Y, which you can find available for streaming on Netflix. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>